0: Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. And uh, go in and check out the Sobertown website. We have a massive dra- range of recovery and addiction tools and resources. We know all of us have different journeys towards the, uh, the freedom of alcohol and addiction. And we accept every single one of you. Uh, This is a place where you can build your sober toolbox that fits your recovery needs. No matter where you are, uh, Silvertown has a home for you. And this morning, we have a really neat guest. I was um, looking on the Internet about unplugging from the Matrix, and I found this amazing uh, post that was put up by Maggie D., and then at the bottom of this, it had be musings um, where it's a, a sober blogging. And then inside of that, I found a community boom, rethink the drink. And when I saw boom, I was like, oh, my gosh, because I use boom everywhere all the time, every day, multiple times a day. And then from there, I met this amazing lady winged victory, a.k.a. wingy. And I have her with us right here today.
1: It's nice to be here.
0: Cool, cool, cool. You have built such an amazing community. Uh, so Be Musings, Booze Musings is a, a, a blogging or a, a, is it a blogging site or a posting site?
1: It's a blog, um, but it's an unusual blog. Because it's, um, I'm the editor of the blog, so everything that is published there is published by me, Um, but it's not all written by me. Um, It goes back to 2015 when I was a member of a community called Hello Sunday Morning outside of Australia. And um, that was a private community community. It was also a blog, um, a community blog, but it was completely private. And so you couldn't stumble over the posts that were there, just searching on the web for um, recovery resources. And the first posts on Booze Musings, I, I started Booze Musings in 2016. And the original intention was to bring some of those Blogs that I was reading inside Hello Sunday morning, with the permission of the people who had written them um, out into the public internet anonymously uh, with my face on the blog, so that those stories could be heard because those stories were changing my life, and I wanted to I wanted to find I wanted other people like me to be able to find us and to be able to find Hello Sunday morning, so I started booze musings. Um, with the permission of Hello Sunday Morning to promote them through, uh, through that blog. And there were about 10 members of Hello Sunday Morning, the community, um, who gave me permission to publish things that they had written. So the blog started with my writing and their writing.
0: So let's get to that point where you even got it. Into Hello Sunday Mornings, and you found Sunday Mornings. So you live in Portugal, correct?
1: Mm -hmm. And you
0: you moved over there in 1993. You were were a a professional then, right?
1: Yes, I I was a professional musician. Um, I studied French horn, and I got a fantastic job here with an orchestra, Um, really fantastic job in 1993. And so I moved here and have been living here ever since. I just retired two years ago in 2019. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So you're there and something drove you to stop drinking.
1: Uh, Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because one of the, one of the first posts on booze musings, um, Tells the story of that. It was such a long time ago. I can't even remember the name of the post now, um, but I, you know, I always knew I was I was very high functioning, um, as many people are, but I always knew that I had a tendency to go way overboard um, at parties, and I drank um, routinely, you know, habitually, three, four, or five beers a night. Um, to unwind. And then at parties, I would really um, drink way too much. And I remember at my going away party before I came to Portugal, um, that was one of those occasions when I drank way too much. I remember one of my friends telling me the next morning, you know, you can't go to Portugal because they don't have Alcoholics Anonymous in Portugal and you're going to need it. (laughs) I was like, like, screw you. (laughs) But, you know, it was always, there was always this seed of it there, you know, um, even though I was checking all the boxes and functionality and, you know, I was successful and um, hardworking and disciplined and all that other stuff. I had a tendency to really overdo it um, and drink habitually, which which to me seemed normal. Um, you know, everybody seemed to be having a few beers every night. So, you know, that I always felt kind of normal to me at the time, at the time that I moved here, I was 29 I retired at 55. So, um, so I, I moved here and, um, had a great career, um, traveled the world. I met my husband the second day I was here and we got married in 1994. Um, we are still married. We have two kids we have a wonderful marriage um beautiful home all the all the things um but alcohol was always a problem for me and there were there were points as i was going along you know through my adult life i remember very clearly when i was when i found out i was pregnant with my daughter which was was planned i was 35 it was time we were ready um i remember thinking okay I'm going to stop drinking because I'm pregnant and I won't drink at all. Because if I do, uh, if I have one beer, I'll have six. So I'm not going to drink <laughs> at all. And I remember thinking, you know, this baby's going to save my life because I was that worried already at 35 about my drinking. Then after, you know, this is a story that I hear women tell over and over again. We, so many of us have experienced this. Um, after I had my daughter, um, after I weaned her, I started drinking again, thinking I had been sober for a year more, um, and now I had reset my levels and I should be fine, you know. And within a couple of months, you know, I was to the point where I was drinking way too much again and thinking, "How did that happen?" You know. So that progressed. The same thing with my son. Five years later, when I was forty, um, we got pregnant again. And I stopped drinking again, thinking it would reset my levels again, which it didn't. Um, finally, by the time I was 45, um, I was really concerned and I, it was really affecting me physically in more ways than I realized, but I, I knew it was a big problem and I just, I couldn't stop, you know? Um, And I got into the cycle of guilt, shame, Um, I started hiding it from my husband, even though, you know, he was also someone who drank, so, you know, I was hiding it because I didn't want him to be concerned that I was drinking too much, you know, which is, you know, I had it under control. So I would have one bottle in the garage and one in the kitchen. I would go to the garage to top it up, that kind of thing. Um, Probably with the trash
0: too. How about the trash? I never did the trash. (laughs) Oh, so so many people like with the trash, right? To hide how many bottles they're drinking.
1: Oh, Um, see, we recycle, we recycle. How was your
0: recycle can?
1: (laughs) Well, I had, I would collect garbage bags of it in the garage, you know, just garbage. And then I would take them all at once, like once a month, you know, I would fill the car with garbage bags full of bottles. It's normal. It's normal. Everything's normal here. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's something that you tell yourself is acceptable and you know, it's not, but you keep telling yourself it's acceptable. And this you know I the interesting thing was at the time I I think that in in many ways um, even though I moved to Portugal when I was 29 which was 1993 I missed a lot of the mommy wine juice culture that was happening in the United States that started in a, like. 1999 ish 2000 when they discovered that wine is good for you, you know. Then the then the mommy wine culture thing started up, and the mommy sippy cup and all that kind of stuff. There there was none of that here. Here wine is just wine, you know. It wasn't sold in that way. But I grew up in the culture that created a culture that would buy mommy juice that would accept that, that, you know, drinking daily to dull your emotions because parenting is so hard is normal and, and is something you can sell to people. You know, that, that we were prepared for that in everything that we learned growing up, um, as little girls, um, the, the Anjali woman with her frying pan and her sexy lingerie and her, her job. And, you know, um,
0: yeah. You're talking about marketing, how they market
1: it. marketing. Us. Yeah. So the marketing, I didn't get the marketing here, but I grew up in the culture that the marketing tapped into. So even without the marketing, I was in the mommy's wine juice culture without even knowing what it was. You know, I, I justified drinking because it was necessary because I was a parent. And so at the, and a professional parent, you know, a, um, um, hardworking, parent who, who also was raising children. And, you know, I had so much stress and I had so many things to do. And it's, it's, um it's something that is just very, if you, if you grow up in a culture that encourages you to feel like you have to overachieve, that you have to succeed, that you have to suppress your emotions, that you have to be perfect, that you have to be beautiful, that you have to be flawless, that you can't show your cracks selling drugs and alcohol as a panacea flows very easily from that. You know, so the marketing in the States is, is so toxic. You don't get that marketing here, but I grew up in that culture. So because a little girl, you're seeing
0: these, um, the, the pretty, they're showing the pretty girl, the thin girl. Um, and this is how you have to be if you want to be accepted, and all of that and that's the kind of well
1: you know we could do a whole podcast on this and we you Absolutely. know maybe we should do a podcast on mommy juice because um it's it's actually it's it's much more about um what it means to be a successful woman to my generation and it's not it's not about it's not about just being pretty and thin it's about being um a super successful professional educated um chic pulled together a great wife, a great lover, a great mother who bakes her own bread. You know, I mean it's like and I was that. I was the cookie mom, I was the baked bread mom, I was the lover, I was the wife, I was, you know, the the charity runner, I was you know all the stuff with the lady with the big dog and you know all that kind what? of stuff. So and then the thing is you know Christy um, Christy Coulter wrote an absolutely wonderful um, blog post called Anjali, um, which describes this culture perfectly. I think she and I are the same age. She's the author of um, a book called Nothing Good Can Come of This, um, which is her story. And um, so she's she's actually an author. She writes brilliantly. And her, her podcast or her um, blog post, Anjali, went viral. That's the reason that she was, you know, that she wrote the book eventually. Um, And it explains this perfectly. But even before Christy wrote that article, um, there was a book called Her Best Kept Secret that was written by uh, Gabrielle Glazer. Um, And she talks about it in her book, um, The Anjali Woman. And Delza Johnson also talks about this in her book, Drink. And there was a movie made in... Uh, maybe five, six years before I stopped drinking called Lipstick and Liquor that talks about this culture also um, that we all grew up in as, as young women. Um, that empowerment for us was what we should expect to achieve. And empowerment meant that we were super successful professionally, um, beautiful, sexy, fit, Great mothers, great cooks, great lovers, um, everything, and and that that we should feel gratitude that we had that opportunity to be everything, to be everything to everyone, because we were the first generation of women who had endless possibilities you know, so it, it all, it comes out of the, you know, being born in the 1960s, being born in the 1970s, that, that era. Um, so even without being immersed in the marketing of mommy juice, because that started after I left the United States, I was immersed in the culture that that marketing tapped into. And I, I did that, you know, I yes. did the mommy juice thing. Um, which I always have found very interesting. And I haven't actually written about that because I haven't had time, but, um, the, the whole culture of marketing and commercialism is fascinating because we do it so well in the United States. We're extraordinary at selling, selling lifestyles, um, selling ideas and, um, the marketing of alcohol in the 21st century, starting around the year 1999, 2000, when they did those quasi bogus studies where they discovered that a glass of wine a day is good for you, you know, and then it became wine is good for you. And then it became all alcohol is good for you. <laughs> right. You know, the,
0: the marketing well, those, group- those are the people, the, uh, the, um, the booze, people are the ones who promoted those studies too right
1: yes they are but that that was only that was only s- talked about or discovered or uncovered i think 3 years ago and you still don't see that very often you know it's
0: no they keep it covered up pretty well they
1: do yeah it is and and you know you talk about they but there definitely is a they there. because the, the, whole, you know, the whole thing with my enthusiasm about, um, about booze musings and eventually uh, Boom Rethink the Drink and the community building and um, just keeping this thing going that helped me. It really took off when I started to notice that these studies come up routinely that show that uh, we're dying younger We're dying of alcohol-related diseases at um, epidemic levels. And these studies will come up and and I'll be like, wow, that's really, people are really going to notice. And then they're immediately pushed under the rug. They can be in the New York Times. They can be in the Washington Post. They can be in USA Today. They can be in Time Magazine. And suddenly They being the alcohol industry, the the lobbyists for the alcohol industry, um, you know, will will follow that with a whole slew of studies and, and things that that counteract whatever has been uncovered. And I've been watching this since 2015, and it used to surprise me. And now I just expect it. It's just, you know, cyclical. It's amazing how how powerful the alcohol industry is, really. Um, they get a great product.
0: There's a nutrition facts uh, just to put out an article about um, these studies and how they they're so wrong. And even that, I mean, that just came out recently, and even that doesn't get a lot of traction uh, because they they were able to cover it up so well. Yeah. Now. So yeah. so here you are. You're in Portugal. You you see that you have. Uh, um, uh, an issue with alcohol. So I'm sure you're waking up with the guilt, shame, remorse at 3 a.m. like so many people do. Mm-hmm. And um, so that drove you to a hello Sunday mornings, right?
1: Yeah. And i you know, I'll tell you, I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it wasn't a sudden thing. It was a very gradual thing that happened between the age of 14 and 50 when I finally stopped, you know, it, it wasn't like cigarettes. When I started smoking, I, I didn't start smoking until I was 21 um, because I was a brass player and, um, and I was very healthy. I was a good girl. I was, I took a, I stopped playing for a while, I stopped playing my instrument for a while. And um, I was out with some friends and they were smoking and I thought, wow, you know, I can have a cigarette cause I don't, I'm not a brass player anymore. And um, I had one and then I had another And then at the end of that week, I was smoking a pack a day and I was sick. You know, I remember clearly, I remember feeling sick. I remember feeling nauseous. I remember feeling dull. I remember feeling tired. I remember I went from feeling, you know, really high energy to dull, tired, gray, and just dirty. I felt dirty, you know, because I went from a non-smoker to a pack a day smoker in a week. And I could not stop. You know, I couldn't stop. And I spent the next 35 years trying to quit smoking. I finally did about three years ago, I think. Um, It wasn't like that at all with alcohol. It took a long time for it to become the kind of problem that was, you know, waking up routinely at three o'clock in the morning thinking, oh, Oh, I drink twice as much as I, you know, I was only going to have a bottle because a bottle was moderate drinking for me. And amazingly, a bottle of wine is moderate drinking for so many women, which is just a bottle of wine with a woman's metabolism, which is different from a man's metabolism. is a lot of alcohol. And so many, so many women just think of that. Oh, it's just a bottle, just a bottle. (laughs) It's moderate. So, you know, I would wake up at three in the morning, you know, just, mortified that once again instead of just the bottle I'd had a bottle and a half or two bottles and you know that that started happening about routinely about three years before I finally stopped and about two months before I finally stopped was when I got close to finding Hello Sunday Morning. I had, I had um, been looking online for help for a couple of years. I The first thing I did was go to the AA website because that's the only thing I knew. And I started reading on the AA website and I thought, wow, you know, I wrote about this in the last, the last post that I did um, on Booze Musings. I remember thinking, I am this thing you know, this thing that they're describing here as a high functioning alcoholic, this is me. And then I was reading through the steps and I was reading just the language of AA is really difficult for most women. It, it doesn't, the, the, the same culture that raised me to think that I was blessed to be able to be empowered by being everything for everyone. That woman is not generally going to relate well to the AA language. So I'm that woman. (laughs) I had a lot of trouble with it. Um, So I felt like, okay, well, here's this thing that I am, but here's the solution. I can't do this. I can't work these steps. I can't, I can't, I can't absorb this, this um, philosophy. And, and then I found something um, by a woman called uh, Stephanie Wilder, Stephanie Wilder Taylor, Stephanie Taylor Wilder. It was called the Booze Free Brigade and it was actually like a blog before people started blogging yeah and it was it was a lot like it was a lot like boom is but it wasn't private it was it was public and everyone was anonymous and they would write this was back in maybe 2013 um they would write their story you know and i i printed out reams of these because that was before we had you know phones that we read and tablets that we read and you'd sit at the computer and read I started printing them out I had a big stack of them next to the bedside table and I was reading them and I was kind of going through a combination of thinking I am this person I'm not that bad I am this person I'm not that bad you know which is so if I'm not that bad I don't have to stop yet right um And it was it was about three years, I think, of going through the I'm not that bad. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. And then finally, it was really it was really my kids. You know, I they were getting older. My daughter was 15 and my son was 11 and they were starting to notice um, and it was starting to affect them, you know, because I only drank at night usually. And I was finding that I wanted to drink more than I wanted to be with them. And um, I wanted to drink more than I wanted to do anything else and I didn't see a way out of that because what it feels like when you're in that place is, well, of course you want to drink more than anything else because alcohol is better than anything else. You know? I mean, there's not like, you don't, you don't have this vision of something better. You just assume that you need it because it fixes life. And that that's why, you know, you can have a wonderful life. I did, but I felt like I needed it to fix my life because I was addicted. And that's what addiction does.
0: Um, so let me ask you this. You have this beautiful life and everything. Yeah. Did, uh, did your did you have to plan your alcohol use?
1: Did I have to plan
0: it? Yeah. Plan around it. Well, I'm going to do this and this.
1: Sure. Um, yeah yeah uh we stopped having sleepovers I stopped having hosting sleepovers for my daughter because I didn't feel comfortable drinking that, much if the kids stayed up all night, you know, and i my kids had early bedtimes, and we stuck to that because you know, so I could drink
0: all
1: <laughs> right i mean that's that's another thing that is really common I find among women who get caught into this, you know, it's like everything that happens after the kids go to sleep, it's okay. Cause they don't see, you know, and the problem is it's not about the kids. It's about you and what you're doing to yourself, you know? And, and I think for, for a lot of women who are mothers, you get to the point where the kids start to see, and that's when you have the first sort of point where you, you have to do something about it. And, and luckily I caught that you know, if I hadn't caught it when I did, I probably would still be drinking today. And my kids would be a mess instead of thriving. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just it's so normalized. Even the amount that I was drinking, it's so easy to normalize it, um, especially since. In your head, you're still really only focused on, OK, well, I'm. I'm going to have three or four glasses and well, three or four glasses becomes a bottle, which is maybe five, you know, and then, oh, you're just going to have a little bit more. And it's just the, the, the image that we have of what alcoholism is and what addiction is. Um, I didn't fit that image, you know, certainly I fit it with cigarettes, right. But with alcohol, I didn't fit that image no
0: because the image is that you've had you've done something you've got a dui or you have committed some kind of crime and now you're under a bridge or on a parking bench yeah and that's not really the they're the minorities actually yeah exactly Uh, you are the majority living in this a professional in your home uh raising your children
1: yeah and they're marketing
0: you with the illusion that the others are the majority
1: yeah. Walking the dog, baking the cookies, you know, doing the extra things, running the fundraiser. Um, yeah, absolutely. And. It's it's just it's just too easy to normalize it. It's So I got caught in that trap and. Um, and you spent three years looking for a way out online. Yeah, I think the first time I downloaded And I downloaded the big book and I printed a bunch of it out. (laughs) I was was like, okay, well, if nobody sees me reading this, I'm not really reading it, you know? (laughs) Um, um, So that, yeah, that was three or four years before I stopped. Um, And what ended up happening was the last six months or so before I did stop drinking, it was getting worse and worse. And I was finding... You know, there's a whole lot of this on the blog. It's all there on Booze Musings. And so I, I find that it's I've talked about it so many times that talking about it again, you know, feels a little bit repetitive, but not for um, us. Because this is the not first
0: for you. Time okay. We already love you. You okay. keep talking about um, it. And people need to hear this.
1: They They do. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's why booze musings is there. They need to hear every single story on that blog. Um, and every story on every blog, you know, there, there are other blogs out there different, but similar types of things. Um, and that's why, that's why I started it because it was the stories of, okay, your, your doctor, your nurse, your kid's teacher, your best friend, your neighbor, Your mom, your aunt, those are the people I was talking to on Hello Sunday Morning, you know, and we were all telling the same story and we had all felt alone and we had all felt isolated and we had all felt uniquely dysfunctional. And then we opened the door into that community and and there's so much commonality, you know. So when
0: you first found Hello Sunday Morning, what was that like?
1: Well, I found it through I read a book. Um, by Lucy Roca, called, um, how to live a healthier, happier, alcohol-free life. And I went, I went to borders, borders bookstore in the United States. I was visiting my mom and, um, I went to the section on addiction and that was 2015. And there was very little, it was very small. It was like a shelf. I'm sure it's much bigger now. Wow. Um, but most of it was AA oriented um, and I found those books depressing and um, I didn't, wasn't drawn to them. There was, there was a book by Lucy Rocha that I picked up and another by Ann Dowsett Johnson called uh, Drink and the book by Gabrielle Glazer called Her Best Kept Secret. And those three books um, did it for me. And it was Lucy Roca's book, Um, in the first place she used the term alcohol free, which I'd never heard of before. Um, I don't really like self-help kinds of books. Her book was a, an addiction recovery biography. It was the first one that I'd read and it was so inspiring because she was a lot like me, you know? Uh, But she was a single mom with a younger child, only one child, but it was the same profile, you know, and reading her book validated what I was going through. And but more importantly, she showed me that I could stop without AA which it was the first time I didn't like smart recovery either, because I'm not very good at like worksheets and that sort of thing. And, and smart recovery is very systematic. I'm, I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants. You know, I, I don't like systems and I don't like rules and I, you know, so basically, you know, Lucy Roca said, you can do this, you know, without smart, you can do it without AA, you can do it without rehab. You don't have to be sober. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You can be alcohol free and you're going to be happier you know she was the first she was the first person who I read you're going to be happier um i read that book about 6 weeks 8 weeks before i actually did manage to stop forever and um her book helped me find unpickled um which i also found really inspiring and the blog tired of thinking about drinking which had more influence on me in the first couple of weeks than anything else. It just, it was like a roadmap for me. I read the first 90 days of that blog and I used it as a roadmap. You know, this is how you're going to feel on day one. This is how you're going to feel on day five. This is, you know, it was priceless that, that blog for me. Um, and another blog called sober at 60, which I found really helpful as well because, um, it was, it was a woman who I would be in 10 years. You know, this is where I will be in 10 years if I don't stop now. And I remember she, and it's a, it's a beautiful blog. She, you know, she does stop drinking and that's what she's writing about. But at the beginning she's talking about not being able to hold her grandchildren. And I'm a long way away from having grandchildren because I had my kids old, but in my mind at that point, what I wanted to do in retirement was drink. I was looking forward to retirement so I could drink more all day long, just float away, you know, cause I earned it. Right? right. But what I was really looking at was being the grandmother who can't hold her grandchildren because she can't be trusted because she's drunk. And, and so that blog was really powerful for me to read. It inspired me. So the Lucy Roca book helped me find blogs. And as I was reading these blogs, I started s- just searching sobriety blogs and that took me to a Facebook page for Hello Sunday morning. Um, because they must have been listed as blogs under on Facebook. And so you're drinking uh,
0: still during all of yes, this research, too.
1: I was. Well, I was trying to stop. There's a there's a post on on booze museums called One Glass Won't Hurt. And that's the story of my last. my the four slips after my intended last day one, you know, I read the Lucy Roca book. That was going to be my that was it. I would go for five days, drink, go for five days, drink, you know? And so it, it takes, sometimes it takes a while to get. Right.
0: To get... They really messed, messed up your drinking though, didn't they? <laughs>
1: yes, they did. They, I wanted them to, I wanted them to. Right. Um, so I found Hello Sunday Morning quite by accident. And um, the first post that I wrote on Hello Sunday Morning, that was the last, that was my last day one you know, that, that community did it for me. It really, really did it. It was an amazing community. Absolutely amazing. It was welcoming and it was diverse. There were so many, um, different voices in that community. Some of whom, you know, you couldn't relate to at all. Um, some of whom just, you know, opened your mind to all kinds of different ideas. Some people were really poetic and, you know, um, expressive. And then some people were like, you know, just like you. So you could talk about your stuff because they were just like you, you know, and it was just, it was fantastic because it was not, um, it was literally a community. There was no one at the head of the community. There was, but he was, um, Chris Rain, who started the community at the time that I joined in 2015, he would post once a week or every two weeks, maybe once a month. Um, and, but his post was not like more important than anybody else's post. Um, they were interesting, but they weren't, you know, it wasn't like, okay, this is the post you have to read. You know, everything was equal. And if you wanted to hide that post, you could hide that post. You didn't have to read his posts. You could ignore him. If you wanted to fight with him, you could fight with him. Some people did that, you know, um, So it was really just a free community. You didn't, nobody's trying to sell you anything. And at that time in 2015, that wasn't so prevalent, but now everywhere you go on the internet, the page is either covered in advertisements, you know, they're literally selling you products or it's coaching or it's a program or uh, it's a book or it's a product, you know, something is being sold to you everywhere you go. And I think that, you know, one of the things about hello Sunday morning that those of us who, who, you know, wanted to, to reserve what we had there and reproduce it. um, And there's like
0: 40,000 people in here. It
1: was, yeah, it was really big because um, I think it was 40,000. It was, it was the biggest at some point. And, you know, Lucy Rocha also has a, community that's huge called Um It was her book that I read, you know, that got me moving in the right direction. I ended up in Hello Sunday Morning instead of Sobaristas because I it was just easier to um, figure out how to make Hello Sunday Morning work. You know, I tried to do Sobaristas and I couldn't. I was completely internet ignorant. I just, you know, I couldn't even upload an image. I didn't know what a URL was, <laughs> I was you know, so... Hello Sunday morning was more organic. It was very simple to use and and um and friendly and open and you know functional and creative and busy and it just worked. And, and non-commercial was some that was other huge. names
0: that were blogging back then too, like Annie Grace and Alan Yeah, Carlson. well, no,
1: see Annie, no, Annie wasn't blogging. Um oh, okay. Annie. Annie joined Hello Sunday morning um to share her book with us um pre-publication. You know, she was she was about to publish in 2015. She hadn't published yet. Um, and because because Annie is very internet savvy and because you know she understands how to sell. Um
0: that's her business was, marketing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and Chris Rain's background was also marketing. Um She, but she understood how to use the internet to get her book out there. So she was everywhere, but hello, Sunday morning, um, was a perfect place for her. And she was, she was great because what she did was she brought in her book and she said, look, I haven't published this book yet. Um, I'll let you guys read it for free. If you'll, you know, tell me what you think. Give me your thoughts. And people really, you know, we really interacted with her. Not everybody did. Some people, you know, didn't want to interact with her. And so they didn't, but she was just a member of the community and they didn't actually, you know, we have, when we helped her pick the cover for her book and, you know, people shared their stories with her and stuff like that. Um, On Hello Sunday Morning, you could bring in your blog. You could bring in, a book you were publishing and we had, there were a couple of authors there because at that point, the internet had not become so intensely commercial. It was, it was pre promotion frenzy. You know, now the internet really is a promotion frenzy. Everywhere you go, people are promoting this and promoting that, you know, Um they it didn't, can, it can get
0: expensive. Getting sober, if you don't know where to go nowadays.
1: Oh my gosh, I've I've fallen down a few rabbit holes lately looking for things, and I've seen like you know, four thousand dollars for this and a thousand dollars for that, and I'm like, oh, those. I mean, geez, you know, I. The thing is, what this one of the things that was so so cool about Hello Sunday Morning was that you were just talking to people, and those people. Had tried things and would talk about the things that they had tried. And it it was very different to just be talking to people about things that they had tried than talking to somebody who's trying to sell you something. And, um, you know, like Lee Davey, who has a great podcast and, you know, he's got a a community and he does coaching and stuff like that. He was just starting out um, in 2015 and he was a member of Hello Sunday Morning. And he shared, you know, he was allowed to share his website there and 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 that kind of stuff. And, you know, he he was full of good information. He had written some really excellent stuff on relationships that I was often sharing with other people because I had read it and it was really good. Annie Grace's um page was, you know, full of posts that would eventually become probably blog posts on her own blog. And they were really, really good posts, you know, about Dealing with stress without alcohol and that kind of stuff. And, you know, you could just go say, Did you read this on Annie's page? And at that point, you know, Annie was just part of that community. We all knew she was publishing a book and she was starting an industry of her own of sorts, you know. And eventually I think Hello Sunday Morning did promote her book. Um, but it it was just, it was literally a community. And, you know, Holly, um, Holly Whitaker in 2015 was just in the early couple of years of writing her blog and, um, Laura McOwen was still blogging and, you know, neither one of them had written or published their books yet, which had become, you know, big and bell from tired of thinking about drinking was just beginning to become commercial. You know, she was still basically a blogger. Um, it was a, a different, a different kind of vibe. At that point. Um, but yeah, how it was, you guys were, you,
0: were just sharing ideas, information, and getting sober together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't so much about sharing ideas and information. <clears throat> the the structure was intended to be a personal blog. Each person, the idea was you joined, and within this community, you blogged. So you had a profile page and you started, when you went in, you started on your own page and you could write a post. And, um, the original idea I think was to write a post once a week on Sunday morning, you know, hello, Sunday morning. And how was your week? Alcohol free. Um, And then within the community, people read each other's posts and you talked about it. You discussed it or not. If you weren't interested in a post, you didn't have to interact with that person. Um, And you also shared ideas and information, but the intention was to blog. And some people would blog. Yeah. So basically
0: to blog your way into sobriety. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Well, no, because, (laughs) because it wasn't, it wasn't about moving into sobriety. It was about taking one year or three months alcohol free. So you committed to, this is hello Sunday morning. And you committed to one year alcohol free or three months alcohol free. That was the original intent. And then at the end of that time, at the end of the three months or the end of the year, you could decide that you were going to do that again, or you could take a break and stop, you know, and, and it took away. You had a, you had a little blue line at the top of your, um, of your profile page. And each week the line would progress. If you hang around boom for a while, you'll see some of the the members from Hello Sunday morning talking about the blue line and how they missed their blue line. Cause the blue line was really cool because each week forever thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And you could also, you know, you could, if you read somebody's post and if you wanted to get an idea of where they were, you know, you didn't, you didn't have to say I'm this many days or whatever. You could just go to their profile and you could see where they were in their blue line. And so, you would know, okay, this person's going through the six month thing or the three month thing or the second week thing or whatever. Um, And then if you completed hello, Sunday morning, if you completed your three months or your year, then on your profile page, it would say how many HSMs you had done. So you were doing an HSM. Um, But then ultimately it also became because, because people said, well, what if I don't want to go completely alcohol-free? What if I want to drink moderately? What if I, what if I want my challenge to be, I'm going to try to drink moderately. So we had a one-year alcohol-free HSM. We had a three-month alcohol-free HSM. And then we had one year moderate drinking HSM and three month moderate drinking HSM. And you could follow people or not. So if you didn't want to be in the conversation about moderate drinking, because it was destabilizing, you didn't follow people who were trying to moderate drinking. If you were comfortable talking about anything, you could talk about anything. And that actually, you know, I knew when I joined Hello Sunday Morning that for me, it was forever that I wasn't doing one year. Um, And there were lots of people like me there. Um, There were also people who were just doing one year, who were just doing three months. And being in the conversation with people in all different kinds of perspectives and mindsets, it it becomes really authentic and really genuine, you know, about what you as an individual are experiencing, what you as an individual are feeling. There's not like a groupthink sort of element to it about anything. And for me, that's the thing that made it so effective and long-term effective because it challenged, it challenged everything for me, including, you know, there were people there who were long-term members of AA who would kind of push my buttons sometimes with AA things. And that made me think, (laughs) you know, and that made me evolve. And, you know, Iron sharpens iron, right? Absolutely. Iron sharpens iron. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So So, uh, as far as go ahead, ahead. sorry. No, no, you go ahead.
0: So you were in here um, and there's all this history with these people that were coming um, into their own to, they're kind of marketing their way to how they got sober. Um, And so what is hello Sunday morning still there?
1: It is actually what happened with hello Sunday morning. Um, they, it became really big. They, they were, there was an article done in New Yorker magazine in 2015. It was just a few months after I joined and partly as a result of the article in the New Yorker, it exploded. It just got really big, really fast. And I think, you know, it's, it's really hard to say exactly what happened because I was a member of the community. I wasn't on the administration. So I don't know. I only, you know, I have my assumptions, but I really don't know. Um, for we started, there started to be technical problems with, um, the actual website. You know, it wasn't like we're on mighty networks or someone's on Facebook you know, they had their own website. Um, and it started to crash kind of a lot. Um, I think there was too much action going on. So they had to really, you know, upgrade the website. It was donations based like boom is. So, you know, there's, you weren't charged even a monthly fee of five or $10. It was just, you know, if you wanted to donate, you could donate. Um, So they, they were fundraising. They decided to move in the direction of becoming a nonprofit organization. Uh, there are, you know, government requirements in Australia for what that means and what you have to do. They they've found um, funding from a lot of big corporations and they decided that what they wanted to do was develop an app. And so they they told the community about that and the community freaked out because <laughs> to us you know it's really interesting when you have a community like that that is not run by an internet influencer but is allowed to simply be a community the community owns the community you know right. and but we didn't we just felt like we did you know so it was um it was a very very difficult thing they asked for our input on daybreak which is the app they developed um a lot of people you know, tried it and, you know, we gave our input and ultimately it wasn't what we were used to. It was a completely different kind of thing. Um, there were addiction counselors on the app that you could talk to. Um, it was more like Twitter and less like a blog, you know, it's just little, you know, little snippets of stuff. And we were used to blogging you know, we were used to writing five paragraphs and not just three sentences. Um, it was not what what we were used to. So right. ultimately what happened was um, they told us they were going to close down our platform and they offered us the app for free. And I had already started booze museums the year before that. So I had been messing around with a website on, on weeks, you know, and I didn't know much, but I knew a little bit from that experience and I thought, okay, I'm going to try to and build. There was a point
0: where you said, and you couldn't even download any, hardly anything, right. Or upload. And here Oh yeah, are. I
1: didn't know. I, I, <laughs> I couldn't upload an image. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, which was massively labor intensive because I'm not, I'm not very good at sitting down quietly and reading instructions and stuff like that. You know, like I said, smart recovery was not something I could do because there were worksheets and I'm a musician, you know, it's just not my thing. So, um, yeah. Um, I, so I started it, I started a community on a format called Ning, which um, it was the predecessor of where we are now, and we were there for about eight months before I threw in the towel because it kept crashing, it was just an absolute nightmare. Um, and I basically I've been playing it by ear, you know, it's so been that, that was
0: just booze musings right then, right? No,
1: that was boom, rethink the drink. No, now, booze okay, booze musings. Um, booze musings started in 2016 with the intention of having a, a blog where I could share things from the HSM community from people who had said that I could share their posts there. Because um, you and wanted promote... to
0: keep this going. With
1: the, idea, the idea with the Booze idea. Musings originally was to promote Hello Sunday Morning, to say, hey, this is us, we're here, you can find us on Hello Sunday Morning. Um, that was the original idea with Booze Musings. A year later... In Booze Musings became the public face of Boom Rethink the Drink. So then Booze Musings became about bringing people to Boom Rethink the Drink. And I think that Hello Sunday Morning has a community now, but they didn't for a couple of years. For a couple of years, there was a transitional phase between the legacy, which was us, and um, introducing Daybreak, which is their app. Um, And then I think they now have something that is some community kind of thing. Um, But I don't know because the only place that I interact is boom. I don't, I don't have time for anything else. And so I don't, I don't read other blogs anymore. I just, I just do boom.
0: (laughs) So Goose musings is blogs. And you, you've got like what? 800.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, they're they're 800 posts. posts posts or articles, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, And the whole purpose of booze musings well, it has a couple of purposes. It's our public face. So if it weren't for booze musings, nobody would ever find boom. You would just wouldn't find it because it's completely private. So although, and we're on mighty networks, but that's kind of like being on Facebook. It's just a private sort of Facebook community. You know, you pay for your, your private community and but we don't get, we don't get SEO really for boom. We think the drink, we only get it for booze museums. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So, okay. um, and I, I, understand that you want to people with the SEO, that's website, how they direct traffic and bring search engine food.
1: optimization. So like
0: boom is like this hidden little golden nugget It um, is right and when you get in, because I didn't know about it. And that's how I, I found that article with Maggie D. Yeah. Plugging from the I can't believe there's two individuals I or two two really cool people I've found through just off the, you know, looking on the internet. One was Erica Spiegelman looking because I knew I was rewiring my brain. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then all of a sudden there was rewired a book that she'd written. And then she has a recovery system too. And then with I was looking for. I knew I was in this huge matrix, and I was looking. Has anybody uh, written about unplugging from this alcohol matrix? And there was Maggie D, which is she's with you guys too.
1: Yeah, and, then, and Maggie was Maggie was on Hello Sunday Morning. She she came over with me.
0: Yeah, and oh, she's a, a, an amazing writer too. She's amazing. awesome.
1: And then, yeah, Maggie is awesome.
0: Um, I got through that, and then I saw Booze Musings. And then from booze, booze musings, that's where I saw boom.
1: And see how hard it is for you to say booze musings. It is. That's why we're boom. That's why you're boom. Because, yeah. because we, you know, there was a group on, on Hello Sunday morning. There was a group of, it was maybe five of us who had, you know, decided we were going to do booze musings. And um, that was the original group that were going to help me with, website and we thought you know we're going to make a website where we can share these amazing things that people are writing and we can reach out and um and booze musings was the name that we came up with because we needed something for the um domain and we couldn't have rethink the drink which was what i wanted but rethink the drink www.rethinkthedrink.com was already taken And I didn't understand at that point that I could have been www.rethinkthedrink.org. I didn't, I didn't understand that. Um, So I had to find something else, which is where we, we came up together with booze musings. I can't even remember whose idea it was, but then when I was talking to the, the um, telephone help operators for the week's uh, build your own website. For dummies thing, Um, I was on the phone with them all day, day in, day out, trying to. I can't even
0: imagine the hours that you. Oh,
1: they must. Oh, it was ridiculous. It would they and they must have just hated me. I mean, they they you know they knew me by voice. (laughs) But none of them could say booze musings. They could, and then when we moved to Ning, none of them could say booze musings, and. So I thought, okay, I've got to come up with something that people can say. So I thought I'll just take the B O O and then the M and just make boom, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, when I saw boom, because that's like I comment to people in this other, in the I am sober app that I'm with. Um, and I, I say boom all the time. And I just could not believe my eyes. So I'm like, I got to get into this. And, and then I went through the process of, because it's a private group. Yeah. 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 So then I went through the process of being um becoming a member. And then I got in there and I'm like, what an amazing community this is.
1: So I mean, let me ask you, what do you like about it?
0: I, I like that people are are on there and you have all the different people like are just in, you know, day 31, day one, or whatever. They're talking about their sobriety. And they're um I'm I'm going through this today or this today and Um, sometimes it's it may be something where they're trying to figure something out or they've just had a light bulb moment and they're sharing it with somebody else and then I like the fact that everybody's able to comment to one another so and then I like how you have where it's really easy to navigate um, boom rethink the drink and then you have your discovery page which just has all these I mean there's so much information to get sober in there Is that where all your, the blogs are or the posts from, um, be musings are booze, musings. I have a hard time saying
1: it's It's fun to say, once you get used to saying it, booze musings is really fun to say. I keep wanting to say
0: be musings or something.
1: I know, no, no, it's booze musings. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a rewiring your neural pathways thing with your, (laughs) with your tongue. (laughs) And that's something Um, I
0: understand too.
1: And and no, the whole idea was that, you know, we really we wanted to encourage people that to think, you know, not to just follow, to think. And that's why we named it Booze Musings, you know, that this is about that, w- that what we were discovering was that it was like what Hello Sunday Morning was to us was kind of like a think tank, you know, and it was about us. It w- There wasn't like somebody telling us what to think. It was us figuring out what to think. And know, there's think
0: people about. that uh, you see in here, like on your description, there's you know, there's people that um, have never heard of like the traditional recovery, AA or whatever. Yeah. Um, some or some have attended it or some are members of it. But they still like to come here and interact. So it says that a supportive, diverse community open to anyone hoping to stop drinking or just slow down. So it's anybody yeah. that can co- come and join your website.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we have regulations, you know, people are expected to follow and, you know, we we do expect people to follow those regulations and but um yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and um so it looks like you have uh almost 5200 members in your community, which is huge. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and the the thing is, you know, what we were talking about earlier with commercialism, the the internet in the last 7 years has really become a marketplace. And if you have a website and you want people to find it, you need to promote it, you know? So it needs to become part of the commercial energy of the internet. And when we first started, boom, I started to promote, I was publishing in Huffington post and I was publishing in on booze musings. And I started to do promotions on Facebook which is the way that you get your, you know, your advertising, you either promote on Facebook, you promote on Instagram, which didn't exist at the time or you promote on Google. And um, so I had a, you know, I would, I would spend like 25 euros a week promoting. Um, And every time I promoted a post, it would get lots of hits and then we would get new members. And some of our most active members found us through those Facebook promotions. But the problem is I, I, I got to the point over the next year or so where I realized that I didn't want to support Facebook in that way. I didn't want to give money to Facebook. Um, And I thought, okay. And when I stopped promoting on Facebook, I realized that, you know, one of the things that you have to do to promote on Facebook is that you have to add a pixel to your website so that Facebook can track everybody who hits your website. And then, you know, it's the algorithm thing where they go back and forth. They track everyone who hits your advertisement on Facebook and they track everyone who hits your website. And then you set up your, your promotion based on, um, you know, algorithmic sensitivities, like, okay, people who like yoga moms of adolescents, and, you know, and so fe- I realized when I stopped promoting on Facebook that by promoting on Facebook, I was not only giving Facebook money, but just, a, you know, like less than a drop of a drop in their bucket, but nonetheless money. Um, but I was also giving them double access to the people who were hitting booze musings. I thought this is ridiculous. I don't want to be a part of this. And so with the exception of one time when they said you can have 40 euros of free promotion, which I did without setting up the pixel again, I won't ever do that again. Um, I stopped promoting completely. So that's one of the reasons that we're not like out there as obviously I haven't published a book. If I publish a book, (laughs) it doesn't even have to be a particularly good one, but if I publish a book um, and we have an Amazon link that will make us more um, you'll, you'll find us. I just haven't had time to do that. Um, But in order for people to find posts like Maggie's post that you found, um, I have to make sure that they get hit and hit and hit and hit and hit and hit and hit. And And then they get on the first page of the Google feed. We have a few. If you search um, books to help you stop drinking, you'll find one on the first or second page. First month of sobriety, you'll find one. Um, We have several now. um, How, what is the life expectancy of an alcoholic? Um, There are certain search words where you'll get one of our booze musings posts and that's how people find us. But Because I don't promote anymore, it's just a lot of work. But I love it, because what it means is nobody's tracking anybody. It's just I'm not paying Google to find people for me, which means they would be tracking the people who find me. Um, I'm not paying Facebook to do that. So people find us through these posts that are written by us by members of the community, they read something written by one of the members of the community that resonates with them and they found their community, you know, and it's, it's such a cool thing. Cause you I guys are organic. We are organic. We are so organic. Yeah. <laughs> right. We are so organic. And that's it.
0: where you and I are alike because that's how Silvertown is. We're organic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, we're not paying anybody. And you know, uh, and it isn't about money. And I, and you we talked about this too. And for you, it's not about money. It's about, um, it's about addiction and it's about, yep. because look, when you started, you spent what almost five years researching and stuff to where you can.
1: Well, really... And I'll tell you what, you know what, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there about addiction. It's not even about addiction. It's about People and how they can change when they find the right situation, and and the situation that I found in Hellas Sunday morning was unique. It was really unique. You found it a was community, really so powerful, so transformative, and organic. You know, I mean, it it was really really unique, and we have that in boom right now. You built a long, community. may it last. <laughs> right,
0: and that's where I think. What I love another thing I love about your community and these other communities, it takes a community. It takes where, I mean, there's one thing about going on, on the internet and finding how to get sober, but it's a whole nother thing when you're interacting with people around the world, going through the same things that you have or, uh, or finding solutions to something you're going through now that they've already been through, you know, And that's what that, what, when you built, that's what it offers everybody is a community of like-minded people because the people around us, they don't get it. Do they?
1: No, no. And, um, yeah. And for me, you know, there, there have been so many, you know, different phases of it that I couldn't have like followed, followed a plan in a book to have have found the path that i found you know it was it was a path that i found about somebody said to me something actually uh, um a woman from hello sunday morning who is a long term member of of aa she's she's irish and she came to portugal on vacation Uh, when I was starting this whole project and we went for a long walk and um, she was absolutely delightful. I just, I really, really like her. And at the end of the walk, as she was, she was leaving, she gave me a hug and she said, she said something that's very typical of AA. She said, just do the next right thing. And that's what I've been doing, you know, for the last ever, ever since she said that, whenever I find myself at a pivotal point, like with the Facebook advertising, when I stopped advertising in Facebook, it, it took the amount of work that I need to do on a daily basis up like a hundred percent because I can't rely on those advertisements anymore to get hits. Right. So I have to figure out how to get hits with SEO. I have to figure out how to get hits with the amount that I publish. I have to figure out how to get hits. You know, I've got some work I have to do with outreach and stuff um, to other blogs that I never get around to. I've got to get there and, you know, get that kind of stuff done. But um, one of the, just do the next right thing. One of the things that that means to me, aside from you know working my conscience and doing what my conscience tells me to do, it's also keeping my balance. You know, if I start to feel like I'm over stressing or I'm overextending myself, the next right thing is to sit back, take a deep breath, and say, "Okay, I'm doing this for passion, and I'm going to slow down a little bit. It's okay." Because this is fine. Everything's fine. You know, I just
0: so did, I just did the same. I just I just slowed down. I just dropped good. off a couple of telegram groups that I was on. And um I've stepped back away from where where I got sober just for a little while to get, you know, it takes a lot of mental mental energy to build websites, do the podcasting. Oh um, yeah. And then not only that, you have Zooms, you put Zooms into your community too.
1: Yes. We started those when the pandemic started. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I just, you know, in March, 2020, things have been going along just fine. And we, you know, we actually had a big um, international meetup scheduled for September. People were going to come to Lisbon. We had a big group of people. I was looking at hotels. We were all excited. You know, we were going to have our first international boom rethink the drink meetup and things were going along and everyone was doing great. And then all of a sudden, bam. And I thought, wow, you know, I need to like, I need to make a big shift here. (laughs) I need to think, okay, all of a sudden we've gone from the next step for our community being, we're going to start to meet each other, you know, connect physically in the real world. We're going to travel to see each other. All of a sudden, everybody was just, you know, shut in, locked down and afraid, you know. And so that's when we started doing the Zooms because, it, you know, it was necessary, I think. And um, it's not something that I ever wanted to do, because for me, what this is all about is the community journaling that's, that's what it's about to me. That's where you see the magic is the journal. That's the magic for me. Yeah. And so the zooms take away from that because there are a lot of people who are just kind of into the zooms and they don't do the journaling anymore because they're into the zooms. And I, I didn't really like that at first because it, you know, it took away the magic that I feel, but then I realized that um, the zooms are really, really helpful to a lot of people in early sobriety. And, uh, and there are some people who are just, enjoy hanging out in a zoom, you know, and and just to chat about stuff. And so just kind of letting the community take it where it needs to go is the next right thing. I've I've seen
0: zooms because uh, the circle I'm in, there's a lot of zooms every week to transform people. Yeah. They're doing both. Uh, They're, they're pulsing well and commenting on other people's giving back And with these Zooms, there's one particular person, the first Zoom I remember she went to, uh, she didn't even want to turn her camera on. She was crying. Um, And it was really difficult for her to come out, I guess, out of the the closet with her sobriety. And then just with um, the burden of everything in her life. So now this individual is just amazing. It's opened up a whole new world for her. She's done some podcasting. Uh, she does the Rewired with Sobertown, right? And so she's podcasting. She's hosting Thursday night zooms for parents, mm-hmm. and she's just developed into this amazing sober warrior. And I see a lot of that opened up with the Zoom, where she got she found her own power. Is really yeah. cool.
1: and and that seems to be. It, that seems to happen, you know, that um, people who are able to come in in the first few days and do a Zoom, you know, um, when they're feeling really fragile and, you know, look at you and see your eyes and see your face and, and um, connect in that way. It does seem to make a really big It's a, it's a different form of vulnerability, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And, it, and it's also a different form of a different way of connecting. Like, you know, right now, instead of tapping on a keyboard, I'm looking at your face. Right. You know, and I'm talking to a person. You are. Um, it makes it real. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, that's one of those things where I had to kind of step back from what is the magic for me about this to, okay, what does the community need? And, and so we moved into the Zoom kind of thing. And that's, so now we Zoom. And, <laughs> you know, it's
0: just an amazing community. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm going to stay in, in touch with you guys, although I am just backing up from everything right now for maybe a couple of weeks, but, um, and I hope that we can do more podcasting together too, because you have so many topics that um, it's, it's really cool when you can get voice these topics where people can hear about them. And, you know, I was looking on our, uh, you know, on this uh, stats for our website and for the podcasting this morning. And I saw that a lot of people are listening to their, um, their podcast in the morning. Like it looks like maybe on their way to work or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So actually we, we have, you know, I don't, I don't really listen to podcasts. I listened to a few in my first few weeks. Like I listened to the bubble hour and, and recovery elevator, I think in the oh, first few by weeks, by the way, let's
0: let everybody know that your story or you've been on the bubble hour, which yeah. that's, that's pickles, right? the blogger
1: that's unpickled.
0: Unpickled. unpickled unpickled oh there you go yeah. unpickled yeah uh, and your story is on unpickled yes um winged victory is that is that the title of it
1: it's it's on it's on the bubble hour winged victory yeah it, if you look at the bubble hour winged victory
0: and then if you go on uh the silvertownpodcast.com website under resources we have we put boom up so people can find you there thank then, you I did add a link for that interview there too. So people can find you there too. Um, I really, thank you very much for coming here. And I hope that we can do more.
1: Me too. Um, I would love to. Yeah. And
0: like, if you decide of one of your many 800 topics, (laughs) I mean, there's, so people can go on to Buse musing. Or even boom, and they could go to the discovery part, and they could see basically follow your journey through sobriety over what seven years now.
1: My journey, you know, it's a little tricky. one of the things that I that I need to do that I haven't had time to do is completely reorganize booze music so that it's easier to find specific things. Um, you can you can search. They would probably have post- to run into your
0: story then.
1: Yeah, you know uh-huh. my story is is all over, all over boom, and it's all over Boo's musings. Um, but you know, to really hear my story, I have a post called "I Am Winged Victory," and that's the beginning of my story. That's on booze musings. Um, then there's another called um, "The Beauty of Life Alcohol Free," which is me at five months. One glass won't hurt which is the last four times I slipped before I finally, you know, solidified um, there. I mean, I could give you a whole list, if, right. you know, but I, I think that the, the thing with the story, what I was, you know, the, I guess the, one of the reasons that I have trouble telling the story in a podcast form, because I, I've, i this, I've done it a couple of times and I, I find that to be really difficult. And I think the reason I find it to be really difficult is my story is long. You know, it's not, it's not something I can really encapsulate. So there are a whole bunch of posts on booze musings that have bits of my story and they're there under winged victory. You know, if you search wing victory, you'll get a long list of posts.
0: And look where sobriety has taken you taking us and taking a lot of people is sobriety has taken Erica Spiegelman, Annie Grace, Craig Beck, Alan Carr, you, everybody that I know changing their lives in sobriety. And you've gone from barely able to upload something to running websites, looking at SEOs. I mean, look at how you've transformed over these years and you're giving back huge.
1: Well, and I think the key really is just to stay tuned in to what the next right thing is for you, you know, and, and for me right now, this is it for me in 2016 starting booze musings was the next right thing because I wanted to promote hello Sunday morning and then publishing in Huffington post, which I started doing at the same time also to promote hello Sunday morning to get the idea out there to people like me, you know, this it,
0: come find it us. revolves around sobriety too. get the, idea. Get, get the
1: information out there about yeah. sobriety. Right. Yeah, about and about about thinking about it in a different way, right? Um, about in the traditional of, type
0: recovery system.
1: Yes, yes, and and then in two thousand seventeen, the next right thing was to start boom, and figure that out. And then, you know, right now, um, continuing the archiving on booze musings, which means and that then you one know, day
0: we're going to have the next right thing, boom. Podcast boom. Rethink the drink podcast. I
1: don't know. You know, I may decide at some point to pass it on to some of the you know newer members in the group and say, okay, you guys take over. I'm going to go do something entirely different. I don't know. You know, at this point, um, at this point, I the, the thing that really surprised me about stopping drinking was that I expected that to be a thing that I did stop drinking, and then I was done with that thing. You know. And what it turned out to be was the beginning of an adventure for me. And my life had always been an adventure. You know, I haven't had a simple, quiet little life. I've had a very exciting life. Um, But after I stopped drinking, the adventure began inside of me, inside of my soul, inside of my mind. And I really. I love that. I love that. That's and that's something that that I think I only could have discovered, I could not have discovered that from following somebody else's program. I had to discover that from my own expressing myself, my feelings. And, and even then, and, you know, there were times when expressing myself was expressing my anger at, at the culture that was creating mommy's sippy cup and Kathy Lee Gifford and Hoda on the Today show, drinking their wine every day. And We'll have I have mean, to do a
0: podcast so, on that alone, right there. Sure. Oh yeah, That's, I can
1: rant about that endlessly.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, even to the point where they and I've mentioned this before, they even market a holder to put your wine glass in the shower.
1: Yeah, I'm it's, not surprised. I'm it's not crazy surprised.
0: What they've done with women.
1: That stuff used to it used to infuriate me, and then for a while I thought I have to do something about this, and and now I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, yeah, you know. It is what it is. And it's going to be like that. And I don't, I'm, I'm not one of the people who thinks that that marketing will go the way that cigarette marketing went because with cigarettes, what happened was that we discovered that secondhand smoke caused cancer. And it was only when we discovered that secondhand smoke caused cancer that people could effectively sue the tobacco industry and to, to stop being marketing and to stop selling to kids and and that kind of stuff. Um, But then of course you get to vapes, you know, and now we've got (laughs) a similar problem with vaping. So it it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. And I, I guess I, I feel like, you know, I love having the opportunity to occasionally help someone dig out of that. And that's One person at a time, you know, every
0: day in the big way with, um, booze, musings and boom, rethink the drink. You're doing it both ways. Yeah. And I get it. I I totally get it.
1: I know you do. I can tell, I can tell that. (laughs) I can tell that about you. And, you know, right off the bat, uh,
0: it was just really easy to talk to you, you know, and we're from two completely different worlds. Yeah. And, but we find we're in, in, um, sobriety we find a lot of commonality Mm -hmm. a huge this is where we can come together no matter what we've been through doctors nurses the guy off the park bench the person under the bridge prison jails wherever we can all come together into one um community and we're like-minded that addiction has been killing us all these years
1: yeah and you know i think the reason is it's not because we start in the same place it's because the the you know, if you stay sober, if you stay alcohol free, if you stay off the drugs, the awakening and the opening into, you know, just wonder is the same. And and it's that thing that we share. I think that's that's the commonality, you know,
0: the quest for to get out of the addiction and then the authentic self.
1: Because when yeah. you start
0: tapping into that authentic self,
1: it's so cool.
0: Everything changes.
1: It's just so cool. Yeah. The authentic self thing is very cool here yeah. it is we'll
0: probably have to do one about that too i would love to so yeah. you guys booze musings uh, you can just uh type that right into your browser and find booze musings and then you can um down below you can find a link to boom rethink the drink right
1: mm-hmm. which you can also find on your browser if, but you, if you just type in boom you won't get it it's got to be boom rethink the drink and then you go straight to us
0: Winged victory. Thank you so much. We got to have you it back on. Great we talking gotta, to you. You too. And like I said before, we were good. This is off the cuff. We just kind of like, you know, I, I hope I wasn't stressing you out because I really didn't send you much info. We were gonna
1: talk. Oh, not at all. No, I just, you know, because, because I have told my story so many times, I struggle with the tell the story part, but you know, um, and because it's written down in so many different places, you know. So well, yeah.
0: Anytime you tell your story, somebody new is listening. So it just doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. And yeah. we need to keep retelling our stories. It doesn't matter where we're from. We need to keep telling them. And I'm really passionate about people's stories because yeah. uh, they change my life. And hearing your story, and then you're just inspired by other, the way people have dug their cells out of where they're at. Thank you very much. And Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And remember, Silvertown Podcast website, we have tons and tons of information and resources there for you. Have an amazing day. And remember, pour the poison down the sink.